Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everyone, to the 276th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. It's a uh, it's a rainy Saturday morning here in New York City. How, what's the uh, what's the weather like by you? Rainy Saturday morning here in Delaware. It's my mom's birthday though. What week is this? Oh, happy birthday to your mom! Yeah, happy birthday, mom. Uh, it is week. Uh, what I got back four weeks ago, so it's it's the end of week five for me. But I think at the end of week six for some people, I believe it's also week five for you. You started working from home when I got back from England, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, week five or week six for some people. Yeah. The, uh, it's, uh, I woke up pretty early and that's because the, like, newspaper delivery person just, like, threw the newspapers right outside <laughs> the door of our neighbor's place. Yeah. I'm, like, for a while, they were only allowed to drop off, uh, newspaper deliveries in the lobby. And so there was, like, a, a massive table of just news people's newspapers and because like the new york times weekend edition gets i think delivered to your doorstop um and i think different apartment buildings allow you to have like doorstep delivery versus lobby delivery right um but our uh our dog like freaked the fuck out because out of nowhere there's this massive thud and he was sleeping in bed with us and this dude levitated 30 feet and just like sprang and leapt towards the door and like at a moment like that that probably happened at like 6 45 in the morning i mean carolyn can go back to sleep but at this point like my heart is racing because i heard like a thud i heard him going and i was like you know what i'm up so and i know the grocery stores are open at seven so i did all of our grocery shopping this morning at like 7 15. um it's just nice sort of walk listen to all the smoke um and got that done i walked him i was gonna go for a run but it's like i'm reading this uh thread on reddit of like people asking like hey does anyone else sort of feel like their running has really taken a nosedive during quarantine and i think one of the most common things are like yeah like people don't want to stress out about like finding paths where there aren't too many people in the city right and there was like this unofficial study done recently that you know, social distancing is like six feet if you're walking, but it could be up towards a 15 feet if you're running because oh, you're wow. obviously like breathing much more heavily. Right, right. There's a lot more moisture coming out of your mouth when you're running, moisture coming off of you. And there's just no way in Central Park you can sort of have a 15 feet uh, distance between people during like, honestly, after like 7 a.m. It's just there's just so many people. So, yeah, yeah, I understand. I've been doing that. a lot of like body weight exercises and, and whatnot, but um, that's not really what I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about some movies that I've been seeing. Here we go. What is, Here we go. What, so, what did you watch? So let me let me just backtrack for two seconds and tell you why I've been watching so many movies. All right, all right. You know that I'm a heavy, heavy fan of Microsoft Rewards. Yes, you are. I basically, I basically use almost Microsoft surprisingly Rewards. so, considering that you, you're not much of a Microsoft user. You don't have Windows or anything. Yeah, at least not on your your home your your personal computers. You, you use uh, iOS for uh, not even Android. Not, obviously, not right. Microsoft, but still. Right. 
But I do have an Xbox. But you do got the Xbox, and that's that's where it counts, right? Right. And so Microsoft Rewards has all these challenges you got to complete to get their currency, Microsoft. Uh, I think it's just Microsoft Rewards points, uh, which you can use to trade in for cash value things. And currently, I am working towards uh, my goal of getting a hundred dollar Microsoft gift card so I can throw towards the Xbox One. Uh, Series X or whatever they're calling it. Right. And what they've been doing recently is, I think they've always been doing it. I just never paid attention to it. It's like if you rent three movies at four ninety nine or more, you get twenty five hundred points. Now, it doesn't really like. If I were to just do it for the points, it wouldn't really make any sense. But because I wanted to watch the movies, and the price is the same regardless of if I get it at the Google or Play Store or Apple or Amazon or what have you. Yeah. I figured it's like trying to do that. And also you can get um, Rakuten uh, Ebates, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm like trying to make sure that every purchase that I make, and I'm not making a lot of purchases right now during the quarantine, like sort of maximizing everything, you know? Yeah. The true Gen X millennial viewpoint of just maximizing every, every purchase. <laughs> and so uh, I've been renting a ton of movies and racking up a lot of points and so i just wanted to go through like the increased nature of my movie watching which you as you know hit its peak during movie pass but then after we found out that like i wasn't using movie pass enough and canceled it really wasn't seeing that many movies and so i just want to go through quickly some movies that i've seen recently and we can just do some quick hits on, on what we think have you seen uncut gems i have not so what's interesting is Uncut Gems got really terrible reviews from my friends. Up and down the line, my friends are like, this is a terrible movie. You're stressed out the entire time and there's no payoff. And I'm like, <laughs> but I read an article on The Ringer and they, they loved it. Yeah, And yeah. they loved it for all the reasons why I think I would love it. So I watched it one afternoon and boy, did I love it. It is a great movie. I think it ends exactly the way it should end. I just okay. think that a lot of people are used to movies ending in a particular way. Like there has to be, like the hero has to win in a movie. And I just don't think that's the case. Um, in fact, you almost prefer it when the uh, the heroes don't always win. Because it just feels like you're, you're taking yeah. common tropes and turning it on its head. Similar to... What I think is one of the best Star Wars movies that's ever been made, Rogue Rogue One. Yeah. Where they all die at the end. Right. Where all the good guys die at the end. It's like, that's that's an awesome story because it's not like you go in with the assumption that the good guys will win. Um, so Uncut Gems is really good. Uh, I saw the movie yesterday. Have you seen that movie? Yesterday. Uh, what is what is that one? The, yesterday is about uh, a, uh, this Indian guy gets hit by a bus and then... Uh, basically, the world has a blackout, and then everyone forgets about the Beatles. Oh, okay, that one. Yes, yes. It's a fantastic movie. Dude. Was it really good? Honestly, Fant like I, I remember seeing the trailer for it. I'm like, I don't know what to think about this movie. Yeah. I feel like it could be good, but I just don't really know. I'm and, also uh, not a big Beatles fan. Yeah, that's the music. Exactly, that's the another music thing was. For me. I love the music, dude. It was great. They like they kept it going. Like the story, just like it hit its beats and it just made it the way to the end. Yeah, there's very, very little fat in that movie. Um, so our uncut gems, I'd probably give like a four and a half out of five stars. Okay, I, yeah, I still, right I now. still want to see that. So that's the one that I was supposed to 
so when I was in England, it was available to watch on Netflix for free because Netflix has some movies where they had like the distribution rights in different countries. So instead of having to see it in theaters, I'm like, oh, you can see it on your on your computer or phone or tablet or whatever. And so what I tried to do is download it to my device so I can watch it on the plane. And I did, I initiated the download and kind of put my iPad away and never went back to check. When I was on the plane, I went to watch it and it said that the, the, the download didn't complete or something. And so I wasn't able to uh, watch it. So now to watch it, I have to pay for it, which of course I don't mind doing. I just can, haven't really sat down get, to watch uh, it. Can't you just VPN? I guess. I just don't really feel like, I mean, like, I don't know if the, there's a free one that I'd be able to use and uh, yeah. what type of information like, you know, anyway. So Anyways. I would, just, I would just pay for it. Yeah, it's worth it. Um, I saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. I liked it. I gave it about like a three, I guess, like a soft four. Um, uh, the the audio in it is really good. Uh, Matt Damon's interactions with uh, Christian Bale, Christian Bale are really good. the The ultimate story uh, is really sad, but it's uh, I think it's definitely one of those like father son movies, and I can understand why like mm. older men would really like the movie. That's I think fun. they see a lot of themselves and like lost dreams and how your life doesn't turn out the way you think it might and all that stuff. So my brother watched it with his son and apparently his son loved it. He's not like, they're not, they're not car guys or anything or right. even like racing guys, but they, they love the movie. Yeah. And me neither, but the, it's like a, I mean, Le Mans is like a, it's almost got like a mythical quality to it. Like a 24 hour race yeah. on like country roads, you know? Yeah. I, I watch a lot of Top Gear and um, not a lot of Top Gear, but I used to watch Top Gear now um, when they moved over to Amazon, the uh, the Grand Tour. And one of the more recent episodes, at least the recent to me from what I'd seen, I think was from season three. And they talk about that race every now and again. They were actually talking about that particular story, the Ford versus Ferrari story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we finally saw the Joker. Okay. What did you think about that one? Did not like it. You didn't like it? Oh, no. oh Reza, I did not like it. Oh, Lane and I loved it. I, I give it a three and a half out of five. I mean, and that's, that's like really pushing it. Yeah, I mean that's not bad, but that's that's definitely not as that's that's much lower than I would than what I would give. I mean, I haven't seen it for a bit now and I only saw it once, but I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it felt unnecessarily nihilistic about the world. Like it 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 felt like it was written by, like, quote unquote, an incel, like, <laughs> cast off reject. And this is why I say this. Uh, Jesus, what's the actor's name? Um, I was about to say Brody. That's not. It's not Brody. Um, uh, Walking oh, no. Phoenix. Walking. First of all, Walking Phoenix does a fantastic job. Yeah. Like, like just straight off the bat, like five five out of five stars to him. I think he does the best he can with this with the writing that's been given to him. It's like it's it's tough to see mental illness uh, treated in what is like arguably like a fair way because you don't want to like just demonize someone. Just like oh, he became this evil person due to mental illness. You know, there's yeah. like mental illness met with their response met with like world factors and life factors and all this stuff i thought it was really interesting when they told when we found out that his mom was like a unreliable narrative narrator of like his life story i thought that was really cool and compelling but 
what was interesting was the world that they created felt like brutalistic now that's really not my life experience and i'm not going to say that that's not other people's life experiences i'm sure there's millions of people around the world who suffer like horrifically every day and we know that to be a fact right and it just sometimes it just feels like how many times are you going to flip a coin and it's always going to land tails i understand i i hear where you're coming from i uh i felt like so much of the movie was similar 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 to mr robot i felt like we're seeing the movie through this lens of how the joker feels sees the world and so this like like he he he's too broken everything that we're seeing isn't reliable even though like we think we're seeing oh like mm-hmm. his perspective or like we're seeing we're seeing how he misconstrues things and we mm-hmm. understand that it's not in fact real the yeah. things that are obviously not real like his relationship with his neighbor Zazie beats yeah and i i feel like like that is obviously like was intentionally absurd and you can kind of you you can oh, yeah. kind of tell like yeah that's not really happening but i feel like other things in his life too weren't necessarily being represented the way that we think or the way that it appears to be represented um i don't really have specific examples because it's been a bit since i saw the movie it's been well like six months now since i've seen the movie but that's at least how i felt at the time yeah um it's interesting that you bring up mr robot because we also recently made our way through that show yeah you just finished it recently right yeah what is amazing about mr robot is i think they did an incredible job walking through his mental illness and what his struggles were but not only does sam esmail have what I believe to be just a much stronger writing talent than the writers on Joker, but he also had five seasons yeah, yeah. to slowly develop this. So you talk about the unreliable narrator, but like half of season two is finding out that he's actually in jail the entire time in right. Mr. Robot. Right. And you're like, holy, like what is, what is happening with this loop? Yeah. I just don't think that we had enough time to really connect all the dots uh, in Joker, it felt like a platformer type storyline where okay. you just have to hope that you hit every like platform and you just hope that people like you just hope that a majority of the uh, audience like makes it through and you I just understand you. there's going to be a percentage that falls off at every step. And I just felt like I fell off at a certain point. That, that's totally fair. So yeah, yeah, like in the the rewatchables context, could this be remade into a 10, 10 episode Netflix series? You would yes. very much say yes, and it probably would benefit from being a it 10 absolutely episode Netflix would. series. I agree with you on that. Um, I feel like a lot of stories where you where it's a character development story would would really benefit from like an episodic format where mm-hmm. you can really dive into the character and, and yeah. get those details. One of the issues that I have with some of those shows, with some shows in general, like. The first season of Daredevil on Netflix, I thought was really good, but then every season afterwards just didn't feel as good. And, and, oh yeah, and the the um the remaining Netflix Marvel series, um, but if you were to stick to one season or have like a story that you want to tell and like just hit those points season after season, like Mister Robot felt pretty fleshed out and planned. Like it's it felt like each season had a purpose and each season went in knowing what it wanted to be beforehand like way beforehand not like you know right before they started writing the season i feel like sam esmail had an agenda and an objective as he went into the show from the very beginning and he got there like very much the same way as, uh, that i felt about breaking bad 
it yeah. didn't feel like there were wasted episodes. It didn't feel like there was filler or just like they just got lost and wanted like literally that speaking of, of the literal word lost in the, in the, in the show where they just started writing themselves into just like just writing in circles and writing like f- digging these massive holes that they couldn't get themselves out of. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think even though the runtime was a bit long, I didn't mind the violence in Joker. I, I kind of appreciated the violence in Joker. Yeah. Uh, it's like the, the Logan. I still think Logan is probably one of the best oh, man, R-rated so superhero. Like the emotional weight that you feel at the end of Logan, I still think doesn't hasn't been... Well, actually, that's not true. I think Endgame got there. Endgame surprisingly got there without an R-rated thing because there was just so much loss in Endgame. But also with Endgame the beats along the way really helps solidify a lot of like emotional heartstring things so um but yeah that's my that's my quick view on uh, on joker anything else before i move on um no no let's go ahead uh saw the movie bombshell wait how in how long is it taking you to get through all these movies is this like over the course of just the last week or is this over the last like, five weeks two weeks okay got it all right two bombshell weeks. Bombshell. Yeah, there, that, there was we did we did Joker, Bombshell, and Ad Astra three nights in a like uh, each night for gotcha. three nights. Gotcha. Yeah. What, what did you think of Bombshell? Bombshell, we loved it, dude. Okay. We loved it. I loved it. There those were are, so those are many three cameos that are just that are that are just fantastic. Oh yeah, you like, should absolutely it, watch this movie. Okay. Is it a is it did you rent it or is it available to, to watch rent. somewhere? Okay. Yeah, we rented it. Got it. Uh. And, dude, the cameos in this movie, I, I will not ruin it. I absolutely will not ruin it. But the cameos are insane in the movie. Well worth a watch. Okay. Um, it just tells the story of the fall of Roger Ailes, the head of the Fox News Network, owned right. by the Murdochs. Uh, it shows you a little bit of the like the Murdoch family that owns it behind it. There's like a really good like I think four or five part uh, article series by the New York Times I want to say uh, that really goes into the Murdochs and really shows you how like they own right wing media around the world, especially in Australia. I mean the reason why Australia is such a dumpster fire is because the Murdochs own uh, a massive newspaper there that they've like built from a fledgling paper to like the like the Fox News of print media. Um, but they're also like kingmakers in a sense. Anyways, uh, Bombshell, fantastic. A really disturbing, relevant story on the Me Too movement when, you know, Bill O'Reilly gets bumped, Roger Ailes gets bumped, and dude, it is, it's freaking gnarly. Some scenes. Did you ever see the show, uh, The Morning Show? Yeah, yeah, great show. So you know that scene where she's like going, she when she gets basically... Uh, sexually assaulted by Steve Carell in yeah. the uh, yep. in the hotel, in, the hotel room. in Vegas. Yeah, like that's a gnarly scene, right? Because yep. the camera sort of lingers on it, and you're like forced to watch it. There's basically a scene like that in Bombshell, and it's just like no part of this is like sexy or erotic in any way. It just feels downright dirty. I see. Yeah, and I, they they do a really good job of like playing up that angle in a very natural way, so you don't feel like there's like it's not like there's any music, you know, in movies that makes you feel a certain thing. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't need any of that. We're just going to portray the scene as is and then let you be the judge of how you think, if you think this is right or not, you know? I see. So definitely, definitely recommend Bombshell. 
saw Ad Astra. I haven't seen that one either. I wanted to see that in theaters with my dad, actually. He really wanted yeah. to see that. Ad Astra. We, we missed the boat, dude. Ad Astra is an IMAX worthy movie. Is every it really? time, Every time I saw it and there's like a set piece or anything in space and you're just like, like and I'm talking like five minutes into the movie, I turn over to Carol and I go, I think we goofed. I think we should have seen this in IMAX. <laughs> it's a space movie. There's like no better way to experience space movies yeah. than in IMAX. I think I saw Gravity in I was IMAX. About to say Gravity, that's the big like, one, right? That was that was insane. I saw Interstellar in IMAX. You like like certain like if you know there's a space movie and you know that there's like set pieces, it's. I would just crank up the volume a little bit. That's all I'd say. Because yeah. like IMAX is like mostly sound and visual in that yeah. order. The storyline is interesting for Ad Astra. It definitely feels like a place we've been to before. And I read a couple of Ringer articles afterward, and I think they really hit the nail on the head on some of their uh, gripes with it. But gotcha. I mean, overall, it's a really it's 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 a decent story. I give it a I give it a soft four out of five. Okay. Yeah. Um. I should probably figure out if they're actually four out of fives or like, you know what? I'm going to bump down Ad Astra to 3.5 because a four out of five seems really high. <laughs> um, and then I just literally, literally, literally before we started recording, I, fi- I just finished Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There you go. That's the one I wanted Dude, to hear I about. Loved, I really? love this movie. Oh, that's good to hear because you're, yeah. you're not a Tarantino guy. I am not a Tarantino guy, and I was very, very surprised at how much I liked the movie. I liked the movie because it didn't feel like a Django Unchained or uh, Hateful Eight or like a movie that has like a very definitive beginning, middle, end. Like you're just like racing through the story to like get all the hard beats. Now, now granted, Django Unchained was fantastic. Hateful Eight I didn't like. I'm not a big Tarantino guy, as you know. But never, what I liked never, about... Famously never finished Pulp Fiction. Right. It's famous, Sandy. Famous. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it's, a, it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible beginning. Never. It's, it's not a terrible beginning. Um, but, go, but go ahead. And uh, I have seen Reservoir Dogs. I haven't, I've only seen that like once, maybe twice. And I haven't and seen it since I was shit. in high school. Um, but... Uh, I like that it it felt like a lazy L.A. movie. Like, it felt very much like he was showing L.A. in the 60s and 70s. That's funny, because that's how I feel about L.A. a lot when, I, when, I, when I've been there. Just, like, I don't want to say, like, people are lazy, but it feels slower than everywhere else that you go. Yeah. I think it depends on where in L.A. you go. That definitely got It has to depend on where you go. Because if I was right. in, like, Hollywood or something like that, people, are, yeah. people would be working and, and busy and hustling and bustle. But in yeah. general, when I've been to L.A., it just feels a lot calmer. Yeah, and uh, I really liked, I think Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt did a fantastic job. Yeah, I just love their, like, I love their relationship. It felt honest and genuine, knowing that, like, Leonardo DiCaprio is taking advantage of Brad Pitt, but, like, Brad Pitt is happy to just not be on a chain gang in houston texas in, in august you know what i mean like yeah yeah he's just he's just happy for like the opportunity in a sense and yep. uh just living his life a couple of cameos that really throw you in the movie which kind of which kind of caught me uh lena dunham in the movie really threw me out of it for a second because it's like so hard to not see lena dunham <laughs> uh scoot mcnary I, I know that voice from anywhere he was uh, one of the guys in argo 
not that I don't like Scoot McNary. I like Scoot McNary. But once I hear his voice, I go, oh, you're Scoot McNary. I know you. Um, I felt like the violence in the movie was fine. Uh, I know it's a Tarantino movie, so I'm like ready for it. I'm talking about the home invasion at the very end. Yeah. Did, so what did you think of the movie leading up to the home invasion? Like just just before the home invasion happened, what, what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was fine. You, okay, good. So I liked it. I was I I I still I liked it at that time at that point I didn't realize I don't, I don't like are, is this a spoiler free discussion of the movie do we dis- no all right all right so at this point I'm gonna I'll, I'll talk about a specific specific plot detail that I didn't recognize at the time um, but I remember telling you about it when I had seen it on the podcast I I had just finished watching um, Mindhunter right. Mm-hmm. And and in season two of Mindhunter, he has he wants to interview uh, Charles Manson, right? And he also interviews um, what's the name of the dude who was riding the horse in Once Upon a Time at the Manson family, like uh, Tex. I, yes, exactly, Tex. So he interviews Tex in Mindhunter, and this was like within days of just finishing Mindhunter. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching and they go to the um, the the abandoned lot and they call out to the guy, Tex. I didn't make that connection until much later in the film, like obviously like during the home invasion with like Tex. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm telling Lane, I'm telling Lane, I'm like, it's about to go down, you know? Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. a, and but like knowing Tarantino, especially having seen having seen movies like um Inglorious Bastards, like okay, well he he's not afraid to twist history and what what actually happened and, and just make a new make a new timeline. So I was really curious to see how it went, but like that the realization and then and then actually seeing it happen, that's kind of what set it over the top for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I really liked the story in the beginning of it. It just felt like you know spaghetti westerns and tv shows in the 60s and 70s and just getting to see a little bit of the background behind it i loved loved seeing timothy oliphant in the movie yeah uh i mean he if you're you gonna make him. a western you gotta have him just from the show justified like if <laughs> yeah you, i knew it it's always justified have, for you dude if you have not seen justified i never have it is a hundred percent worth your time justified is one of those shows that like kind of with uh with what um rescue me and what was the other one with the with the the dirty cop oh the shield the shield those were like the era of like cable tv where they're really beginning to push the borders of violence and sexuality and language that is kind of typical nowadays those shows were kind of like the the starters in my at least from my point my like 17 year old point of view at the time mm-hmm. yeah uh, I mean, it was competing with a lot of shows, uh, and it's on the FX, so it's like not always going to get uh, top billing, we'll say. Yeah. But man, J- Timothy Oliphant is an incredibly gifted actor, and I think we saw a little bit of it in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he held his own against Leo. I don't think Leo stole the scene in any way. You know, there's times where you'll have uh, a scene between two actors of varying degrees of I guess competency or, or, or skill and it can be really distracting if one person is doing like a lot better of a job um, and you sort of saw that in uh, 
Jeez, who plays Sharon Tate in the movie? I just saw this Margot movie. Robbie. Um, I literally finished this movie 30 minutes ago. I already forgot it. <laughs> Margot um, Robbie. You know, there's that scene where Margot Robbie is watching herself in the movie. Yeah. Well, in the movie, and I'm sure they did this on purpose, but there is a way she delivers the line at the very end of her scene with, uh, Jesus, this is a terrible podcast. I, I'm like forgetting everyone's name. Um, uh, whoever the main character is, the main male lead, uh, part of the Rat Pack, uh, the way she delivers a line is like, oh, you're a really young actor. You haven't figured it out yet. The, the real life scenario that I always point to is Seven. Early on, Morgan Freeman and a super young Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt in that movie is still like kind of wobbly in how he delivers some of his lines. But like Morgan Freeman is like, Morgan Freeman is like a really narrow like focus. Like he really has this like honed in. Uh, and so when you see Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt together on the same screen, it's like a little bit unbalanced. Yeah. I think one of the most famous scenes that I really like is in the movie Doubt. And I know I've brought this up a lot, but Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep going at it with each other. And you just feel like this is a heavyweight scene. Everyone's locked in and everyone's given like Oscar worthy performances. And so that's why Doubt is one of my favorite movies. Um, it just feels like you're you're really getting to see something really special. And that's something with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Anytime he was on screen, you got to see something pretty special. But uh, to the, yeah. back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Dean Martin, by the way. Dean, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, his name starts with a D. Um, but uh, the the home invasion scene, once you figure out it's text, because like in the beginning, even in the car, you're like, well, who's this, this like, new guy you're introducing? And I was like, right. is that text? Uh, but... Uh, yeah, the home invasion scene was terrifying because uh, Cliff Booth is on acid and he's like right. laughing at the home invader. And I was yeah. like, that was really cool because it like destabilized everyone in that scene. And I really liked the relationship between him and uh, his dog. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. One of the things I thought was interesting about the movie is that Brad Pitt, like he, he, he won the Oscar for best uh male supporting actor he won the oscar for it i think he won the oscar right am i am i mistaken on that he might have you know what i think he did i gotta i gotta look this up because i'm pretty sure he did but i might be wrong Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah brad pitt yeah i thought he did a great job was he really a supporting actor i felt like he had more screen time than leo oh that's interesting that's you know what that's I don't know how they determine that. Yeah, I thought they had equal screen time to be honest. Yeah, I, there's I was a lot like, of scenes know, with just time. Leo. Yeah, yeah, there were. Yeah, I guess equal or or more, but I just yeah. I felt like neither was really the the lead, other than the fact that that Leo's character was the you know the primary actor, so Brad Pitt right. was kind of following along or tagging along with Leo's life, but I didn't feel like he was necessarily. A supporting yeah. actor in the film. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But honestly, I think I would have paid money to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in theaters. I think that's a good marker of like, this is worth it. Yeah. So, I, I I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Wait, share your piece before I, I change movies. 
I, oh, I just quickly Googled Quora. I don't know what, what, this, if, what weight this, this response actually has, but somebody asked who has the most screen time and said they had about the same screen time, but they decided to submit for two different categories to increase their, their chances. Mm-hmm. That's, that's literally it. Um, but uh, what's it called? This is this. So whether or not I want to see a movie in theaters, right? Like, if I'm renting a movie for four ninety nine, am I willing to spend fifteen or like seventeen dollars to watch the same movie? And I would say that I was willing to spend seventeen dollars to watch every single movie except for Joker. Okay. And I'll tell you why. It's not that I I don't think it's not that I don't think the movie itself is worth seventeen dollars, but in the time that it came out. I don't think I would feel particularly safe watching it in a crowded theater in New York City. Mm. You're talking about a guy who has a nervous laughing syndrome where he laughs at inappropriate times. Right. And then we heard all these reports on on opening night of patrons laughing maniacally in theaters. Like, just as like to be trolls. But you can't be a troll in real life. You know what I mean? There's like right. way too many mass shootings to be like, oh, I just did it for the lulls. It's like, why don't you spend 90 days in county? Tell me if you're still laughing. <laughs> so I just got, I was thinking about it because like I, re- I obviously really wanted to see Joker in theaters when it came out. But seeing all the reviews of like increased police presence at all these theaters, it's like, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is your life worth a movie? I don't think so. Not yeah, the time, at least. Enough. Fair enough. So, those are the I movies d- that I've rented so far. The la- I've actually rented one more movie. I just haven't gotten around to seeing it. It's uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, yeah, I still haven't seen that. It's not going to be good, but I just have to see it to just be like, let me just get this shit done. I'm hoping that because we know that it's not going to be good, when, at least when I eventually do watch it, we're our expectations are going to be so low that we actually like, okay, well, I enjoy the experience at least. Yeah, like I've never been a huge Star Wars person in any way, so it's never, it's not, it, it hasn't been difficult to, you know, for me to to just appreciate the movies for what they are. You know, some people are super passionate about about their Star Wars, their the Star Wars lore, and so they watch something like uh, the prequels and they get very upset. I watch the prequels, I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, it's just not, it's it doesn't affect me. So I'm hoping that with with uh, Rise of Skywalker, I'll at least enjoy the two two and a half hours that I spend watching the movie. I've kind of been waiting for it to come to Disney Plus. It's not there yet, is it? Oh, that's right. That's shoot. You're right. Well, that's I don't think it's the there, so smarter. I don't think you got to worry about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but at some point it will be, right? I mean, eventually, I guess. But I just totally forgot I have Disney Plus. Oh my god. When's the last time you used it? Uh, the last time I used it was to watch. The Mandalorian. <laughs> the Mandalorian. You're right. So yeah. Toy Story 4 is on there. Um, that new movie, uh, what's it called? Outward? Is that what it's called? Oh, Onward. Onward, Onward. That oh. movie's that movie's on there. They I released, that movie's really good. Yeah, me too. Um, so they released on because it was supposed to be in theaters, mm-hmm. and they released it um, like, you know, you can, you can rent it and... Like you can you can pay twenty dollars to do that like the the home premiere rental thing from Amazon Prime Google yeah. Play iTunes whatever but it's also on on Disney Plus you know yeah not not for free but as long, you can watch it on Disney Plus at no extra cost than your you know your subscription cost so um, I was thinking of watching that and Toy Story four I haven't seen yet so I need to see that at some point 
Yeah. Uh, ooh, I heard the oh the Clone Wars is the final season. Yeah, the, uh, I've heard good things about the Clone Wars. I've I just don't know if I want to invest in that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. I'm actually tr- going to. So by listening to all the smoke, uh, <laughs> on Showtime. Um, yeah. First of all, love those guys. Second of all, they tell me that Showtime anytime is free for thirty days. That's a long time to be free. That's not a seven day free. That's a thirty yeah. day free. So I'm gonna sign up for it and then watch billions because i was doing that in china i like caught up but then i only got to watch like season three and part of season four and i don't mind just starting from the beginning again just like banging it through it right and showtime has a good shows like i watched the first season of uh homeland one of the best seasons of tv i've ever seen yeah I i was just talking to um uh my uh or lena's lena's stepdad about that the other day He's saying that I, I think it was Tim. I think it was him I was talking to. Anyway, he, I was like, I like the show still airs, right? They still they still make new episodes about of that show, right? Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, you know, it's just surprisingly good. He he got in on a free trial and um he's been watching it. Like I probably I, I should probably try that at some point. Because yeah, Showtime always does these like free free, you know, week or two or a month of, of Showtime, so I should check it out. I think we have access to it too. So, no reason that I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so, that's really it. Uh, I There's still a ton of movies I want to rent. Uh, I might just wait a, like a week or two before I rent a new movie, just because I'd rather get some points for it. But if I can't wait, I might just rent a movie here or there, and I'll let you know which ones I'm going to keep watching. There's just a ton of movies, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we get out of here? Uh, let me tell you about a movie I saw really quickly. What movie did you say? I just finished watching Baby Driver. Which is one of the last things I think that that Kevin Spacey was in before the uh, before the you, yeah. you know the, the the news of him broke yeah. and he's kind of been um, blackballed by Hollywood now and uh, I didn't I didn't think it was as good as as um, the reviews made it seem like it was going to be I enjoyed the movie like the the driving scenes and everything for what they were mm-hmm. but the story seemed a bit out there for me. Don't you find it disappointing that with a cast like that, that that's the movie they came up with? Yeah. You've seen it? Yeah. Okay. So, you, did you feel similar? Yeah. Yeah. It just, like, the the story, the story just seemed to, like, it. I was down with it. I was down with it. You know, baby driver out there, driving along. And then all of a sudden, he thinks he's out the game. He's like, oh, no, you're not out the game. You're right. back in. And the decisions that he makes from that moment on, I was just not down with. And so I'm happy that it wasn't like, oh, okay, he gets the girl, he lives happily ever after, um, you know, no no trouble for him, the, the the law didn't catch up to him. But even so, with everything that he did do, the law caught up to him, but not as much as it should have. Right. And right. I'm just like, and and even then, it just it felt like he wouldn't have he wouldn't have done what he did in the end. I, I at least it didn't seem that way to me. Um, it yeah. took me a few days to watch it just because that's how it is for me with movies these days. But um, And I actually bought it on Google Place because it was like five bucks. It was like the same cost to rent as to buy, so I just bought it. Um, but yeah, I probably won't watch it again. It's uh, Yeah, it's a movie that uh, I think the trailer made it look really nice, but it ultimately didn't become as nice as it should have been, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing is I appreciated that that Don Draper got a, a decent amount of screen time in it. Oh yeah, 
Um, He's a good bad guy. Yeah, Lane and I have been watching Mad Men, and so it was just funny to see him. A little bit older in a completely different role. Uh, Mad Men, is Mad Men worth the rewatch? It has been, yeah. Yeah, I have, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So uh, it's been really enjoyable to, 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 to sit down and watch. It's like a, it's like a super low, um, you don't have to give it your full attention. Yeah. Most of the time we're kind of just like on our phones or our iPads. Um, I ought to do that with uh, West Wing. I missed the West I Wing. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it. Yeah. I was like, oh, what is Sandy going to say? West Wing. It's going to be West Wing? Yeah. It's West Wing. Yeah. So, <laughs> Got to do it. Going to have yeah. to do it. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I'll join you on that one, but I don't fine. know, man. It's one of the best shows ever made. I've never seen it. I probably should just give it a shot. Give it a shot because I think you'll really appreciate uh, when it was made, uh, the issues that right uh they talk about and honestly dude all of the cameos and secondary characters are sh- are all now leading ca- actors in their own shows i see yeah yeah all right well, that's okay. all i got then that's sweet. all i've seen sweet all right well i'm Ressa. i'm sandy thanks so much for listening we'll see you guys next week